You're listening to the Designer CEO Podcast, episode 13. It's something you do every day, and you probably don't even realize it. It happens between you and your employees, third-party business partners, and even with yourself. Yet many designer CEOs hate the idea of it and are often even a little bit intimidated by the mere mention of the word. So what is it? Negotiation. The not-so-simple idea of discussion aimed at reaching an agreement that so many of us hate, slash avoid, slash just plain ignore. But negotiating effectively for your fashion brand can mean better costs, improved margins, and stronger bottom line numbers, and it doesn't have to be the bane of your existence. And it can actually be fun. So join me for today's episode, Negotiation 101 for Designer CEOs. listening to the Designer CEO Podcast. Each week, strategy guru and merchandising maven, Sarah Ferens helps designer CEOs navigate the business of retail and fashion. She'll provide you with proven strategies, how-tos, business tips, and tons of expert advice from her industry friends to get your line launched and start growing your brand. If you're dreaming about designing your own line, consider her your go-to business partner. Negotiation often gets a bad rap, especially for many creative business owners. You may even come to think of it as a dirty word. I mean, there aren't too many people who truly enjoy asking upfront for what they want and be willing to what often feels like argue about it. It's something that for many women is ingrained to not partake in or even to just totally ignore. It goes against many of our cultural norms that we've been brought up with to not ask directly for what we want. But pretending that it doesn't exist can have very real repercussions for your business and often will affect that all-important bottom line. So why is negotiating so important for your business? Well, negotiating is something that you do every single day, whether you realize it or not. You are negotiating all the time about different assets in your business, such as time, money, and resources. So it may be you negotiating with your employees about which tasks need to be prioritized this afternoon, or it might be you negotiating with yourself about which marketing strategy is right for you and which one should you be budgeting for, or it might be with an external third party negotiating with a business partner or manufacturer about costs coming back on your next collection. All of these resources will ultimately affect your bottom line, whether it's money, time, or resources. So as a designer CEO, you need to become comfortable with the idea of negotiating and really asking for what you want and need. 
I've found that many of my clients, particularly women, really seem to struggle to feel comfortable being so direct and so straightforward with their requests. They often feel like they won't get the results that they want, that they maybe are bothering the other person in some way, that they're going to be shut down and maybe feel embarrassed for asking, or simply they just don't know what to ask and so in turn ask for nothing. So instead, they make excuses. Now wasn't the right time. I'll ask next time. I don't want to be a bother. It's not that big of a deal, and I can make it work one way or another. And they probably wouldn't have given me what I wanted anyway. So why ask? Do any of these sound familiar to you? I've found that it can be really difficult for designer CEOs to get comfortable with the idea of asking for what they want and don't want to be interpreted as being greedy for putting their requests out into the world and out into the universe. When I was just starting out as an assistant buyer or product manager, I myself felt very similarly about negotiating. I wasn't comfortable asking for cost reductions or even negotiating better timelines. I felt like it was pointless and just thought, why can't they just give me their best price so we don't have to play this game? But that was the point, and that's what my vendors were hoping for. Vendors like to see where they can take advantage, and a new assistant is a perfect place to test those boundaries. I was often challenged by my boss at the time to get better results. She would tell me to go back three times or even more to get the results I needed. Yes, she would help me figure out how to state my case and encourage me to call the vendor to talk through it, which at the time I found horrifying, having to pick up the phone and actually verbalize it, not just write it in email, but have that conversation was horrible. And I remember really resenting her because I felt dumb just going back and forth with our vendors. But because of all of her experience, she knew we weren't at the bottom line yet. And so she kept telling me, push back. In hindsight, I realized that for me, it was really more about being afraid to ask. It was a combination of the fear of rejection, that feeling of a vendor thinking, who the hell is this girl and why would I even help her? And the fear of the unknown, because I really didn't understand how this game was played, how this entire process worked. Over time, I began to understand the rules of the game, and I knew what I could and couldn't ask for. I knew what the value of my asks really were, and I knew where the bottom line was for many of my vendors. And I actually reached a point where I started to enjoy the process that I had created because I developed a confidence from my experience and was no longer afraid to ask for what I wanted, even if I didn't always get it. And over time, I got really good at it to the point where, um, humble brag, my coworkers gave me the nickname, the closer throughout my years, I've honed my skills and negotiated the costs of thousands of products to ensure that we would reach and often exceed our initial markup goals. I've negotiated the transition of entire product programs to new vendors, resulting in the increase of four full percentages of margin and hundreds of thousands of margin dollars. And we all know the value of a bottom line like that. 
I've negotiated improved timelines for future deliveries to get our goods first to market and maximize the potential for full price sales. I've negotiated hundreds of thousands of dollars in financial give back from vendors to help us reach our margin goals. I've negotiated licensing contracts, including royalty increases, new region requests, new product requests that resulted in millions of dollars of sales revenue. And I've even negotiated ending product categories or total partnerships based on performance or strategic direction changes. So why am I sharing all this with you? My point is that you can become a great negotiator. It took me a lot of time to learn and to develop that confidence, but with a few strategies and practice, you can too. And in doing so, you will make your business stronger financially and maximize your time, efficiency, and resources. So before we dive into negotiating techniques, let's work through a little bit of mindset on negotiation. One of the realizations that helped me was that realizing when negotiation is done well, it actually helps you develop your partnerships. So instead of thinking of it as a bother or something that you are doing to gain um, the upper hand or the advantage, think of it as an exercise in building and strengthening your partnerships. Negotiation is really about working together to align on a goal and deliver an end result that will work for both parties. The results should be mutually beneficial to both parties and finding common ground that makes both partners happy with those end results. There may, of course, be compromise on behalf of each party, but ultimately, everyone should be happy with the end result and feel like they are a valued and respected business partner. Again, the key difference here is really viewing negotiation as a partnership. It's a topic that I speak about often because of the importance of a great partnership to successful fashion businesses. Partnerships can make or break your business and fair negotiations are a significant part of developing and maintaining those strong business relationships. So as you begin to think about your negotiations and are getting started, what should you do to ensure a successful discussion? You definitely want to prepare beforehand. You don't want to go in cold without any consideration for what you hope to gain or how you intend to gain it. So you want to take the time to write down a few notes a day or two in advance before you intend to make that request. Write down your non-negotiable goals and get really clear on exactly what they are. These are going to be your absolute must-haves for your business. It may be achieving a certain cost or timeline, but they are the bare minimum of what you are willing to accept. Then write down your nice-to-haves, as I like to call them, meaning what you would like to gain from your negotiation in a perfect scenario, but they aren't necessarily deal-breakers. You are likely willing to compromise on these, but it would be nice to get them if at all possible. Once you've written down your must-haves and your nice-to-haves, then start brainstorming resolutions that will be mutually beneficial. Begin with a really broad idea of what you hope to achieve as a best-case scenario and then what you can offer in exchange. From here, 
formulate a strategy that's going to deliver a win-win and really outline it. Create if-then scenarios so you have a game plan ready to go. So as you're making your notes, think about these different scenarios and how things may play out. It may not be perfect, but it will definitely help you align your thoughts to what you want and begin thinking about what you're willing to offer in exchange. And when possible, write down a few back pocket options or compromises that you're willing to consider to get the results you want. These should only be used as needed and really shouldn't be discussed unless absolutely necessary. They are ideas or resolutions that you are going to pull out of your back pocket if needed. So think creatively about options to reach that mutual resolution. So for example, with a manufacturer, if you are trying to get to a better cost on an item or a fabric, think about could you offer cost averaging across styles to get you the margins that you need? Could you promise uh, future style development? Now, sidebar, if you promise that, you need to deliver on it. That's part of being a good partner. So you want to consider that if you offer that, you are committed to it. You could offer a beneficial payment term. You know, Pay them on a faster schedule than you normally do if that's something that you could consider doing. Or give them the opportunity to bid on a new project or style. With an employee, you could offer them a project or task that they've been wanting to do and have been excited to do, something that is really going to motivate them, or teach them something new that will help them to continue to grow in their role. Finally, reach out to your business partner via email and set up that time for your negotiation, but make sure in that email that you're giving them a heads up of what you hope to discuss. To be a good partner, you don't want to blindsign them with an out-of-the-blue conversation regarding a significant costing issue. You want to give them the same time to look at their own position and prepare the same way you are. That's part of being a good partner. You don't have to necessarily go in great detail, but at least let them know the issue you're having and what you would like to discuss with them in more detail. As you begin your negotiation, you want to make it a phone call. Now, I know that using the phone for this type of conversation is probably not going to make you feel the most comfortable, but there is power in using the phone because you can hear the other person's tones, silences, and ensure clarity of the conversation for both parties. I know it's intimidating, but it truly is a much better method than email. You want to make sure that you start out by asking for exactly what you want. Now is not the time to hide behind passive or indifferent statements. Ask for what you want and give your clear point of view and reason why it will benefit you and your partner. Be clear and deliberate in your asks. Clearly present your case with your nice-to-haves included, asking for everything that you hope to gain in the negotiation, your reasons why this is a reasonable and necessary request, and offer up one or two accommodations to the other party. Then ask for their feedback. When you are done presenting your request, it's their turn to share their perspective. So you want to listen carefully to what they're saying. Hearing what your counterparts wants is an important part of the process to creating that win-win result. 
write down notes, taking careful notice of what they seem open to agreeing to and where they may need a little bit more convincing or additional compromise to achieve your goals. Resubmit your revised offer to accommodate their concerns or needs, but never offer something that is less than your must-haves and then ask for their feedback again. Embrace the awkward silence. This is a tough one for women to overcome because as they think about the new offer, they often want to kind of interject and, you know, accommodate. You take silence as meaning no, and then you start to justify, and that's not how this needs to work. You want to let the silence speak for itself. It's their turn to talk and to think about what you're asking them, and you are there to listen for their response. Let the silence be and do not offer up another word until they share their thoughts. Stick to your boundaries and limits. Remember, you've defined your must-haves for a reason, so you don't want to compromise on them. This is why you wrote them down in advance, so you could think about them with a clear head and know where your boundaries are. So respect them. Be nice. It's about a partnership and developing the relationship. I've seen many people think that they can bully their way to results, and that doesn't work. It may deliver what you want in the short run, but people do not want to do business with a bully and would not want to do business with you in the future. Would you want to partner with somebody who's forced your hand? Even as the closer, I was frequently complimented on keeping my cool, being fair, and being nice. You can have tough conversations and negotiations and still be respectful and pleasant throughout the conversation. In fact, this will often get you further with your requests. Know when to walk away. If you aren't reaching your must-haves, you may have to consider walking away. So that could mean moving on totally to a different partner to get what you need to achieve your goals, or it may be just giving the conversation a pause and allowing both you and your partner a little bit more time to think about next steps and future compromises. Both of these are okay and totally acceptable. If your partner wants to spend a few days to think about him, give them that time. But I would definitely recommend setting up the next call to circle back to this conversation before you hang up the phone. That gives them time to think about it, but also holds them accountable to a reasonable period of time to arrive at a decision. A few days to a week is reasonable. So here are a few more pro tips to get you comfortable with negotiation. Again, I want to bring it back to mindset because this truly is one of the greatest obstacles for many people who are intimidated or uncomfortable with negotiation. As I've said, there's a mindset change that needs to occur, challenging the feeling that you're trying to get something and instead framing it as an opportunity to create an offer and scenario that will provide mutual benefits to both parties. A great way to work through this is to write down and repeat affirmations for negotiating that focus on the mutual partnership and the benefits that both parties will receive from building those strong partnerships. Recite them as part of your morning routine to get yourself into that negotiating mindset. A few of my favorites include, I am able to compromise and reach workable solutions that are mutually beneficial and fair for me and my business as well as my partner's business. Or, 
I ask for what I need to make my business successful. You also want to start small. So if you're feeling nervous about having that big negotiation conversation, start by asking for smaller requests instead. An extra quarter off the price of a new style or samples two days earlier than normal. Start where you're comfortable and then start tackling those larger requests. And on these smaller requests, you can even send them off via email to get yourself started and comfortable and build your confidence up. And of course, practice, practice, practice. Ask a business partner, an employee, or even a friend to help you practice. This will give you the opportunity to get comfortable asking for what you want and need and having those conversations before it's becoming an urgent emergency for your business. Ultimately, there is power in getting what you want and need, and some small successes will feed you to push yourself and your asks for future business growth. Well, that about wraps it up for today's topic. I hope you enjoyed it and found it valuable for your fashion business. Thanks so much for listening. to hear from you. What are you struggling with as you launch or grow your fashion brand? It might be a business challenge, something you want to learn about, or just a, I don't know what to do about this problem. You can submit your question at www.thedesignerceo.com and you may just hear an answer on an upcoming episode. Join us on Facebook. Search for the Designer CEO Facebook group and join our free community for designers and creatives who want to connect, learn, and network as they launch and grow the brand of their dreams.